The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. He's going to tap. You look for the new guy when the guy's been right there the whole time. There's black belts, and then there are black belts. And I'm a Sarah BJJ black belt. Aljamain Sterling, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, what wow. Big shot. Oh, that would really hurt his trouble. Derek Brunson, your winner by knockout in round three. So many people betting against me and having so much negative to say, but I had so much support, and I meant way more than any negative. I speak for everyone. We can't wait to see you get back in there. Thank you. Derek, enjoy yourself, buddy. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous. I should have made we're out of here. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Um, as you can see, Matt is gone. That or you, you think it's Matt because uh, you guys do kind of. You have a similar appearance to Matt Serra. So some people who are just kind of glancing might not even notice. Matt's over in uh, Abu Dhabi, I think, with uh, with Dana doing, um, you know, uh, looking for a fight. So Matt gets to go over to Fight Island a lot, which uh, I've never gone to. I would love to. Wouldn't you like to go there? Uh, oh, yeah. I'd love to go there just to, you know, be over, over in that part of the world, you know, plus take the flight. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Dude, isn't that part of it? The flight. Don't you think of the flight, like how great it would be to be on like Etihad for 15 hours in business? Well, because we fly so much and we've been in coach so much of that of our lives. That it, and then when you get upgraded, it's like it's just amazing. Yeah. So to, to fly that type of, uh, uh, you know, first class is, you know, not too many people get to do that. So, yeah. No. And, uh, and we have a good show today. We have Algerine Sterling who's finally getting his title shot against uh, Piotr Jan. And we have Derek Brunson, who's fighting Kevin Holland, which is an, an incredible fight. I don't know if you've been watching. I mean, Brunson's on a three-fight win streak, but Kevin Holland won five fights in 2020. I mean, it was a shit year, but for him, it was an incredible year. Yeah, I mean, they're both both incredible. And and, and Holland, especially being such an underdog and, and, and you know, and, and, and winning and, and proving everybody wrong. And he's, he's you know, he's... He's not a spring chicken. He's not, you know, in his early 20s. So it's it's pretty impressive that he's fighting so good right now and and kicking ass. So um, it's going to be wild. Yeah, and uh, and I love Aljo too. He's he's such a nice guy. And uh, his last fight, I mean, first round went over Sanhagen was, uh, you know, he had to get the shot. It, there would have been something wrong with it if he didn't get the shot. Like it, it would have been completely unfair 
you know, you know, unless John Jones went down to bantamweight and they wanted to give him a fight, like, you know what I mean? Then it would, then all right, I can see him getting. <laughs> but aside from that, I can't see anybody who would have deserved that shot more than uh, more than Aljamain. Yeah, and he's so he's so his story is so amazing. Like I'd watch a movie. I mean, the the thing that the UFC put together. Yeah, it was so touching. I mean, I had to stop it a couple of times, you know, and um, I, I related to it, too, you know, with my backstory uh, with with my dad and stuff like that. So it's it's um, to see him uh, come into this uh, from where he came from is yeah. pretty wild, you know, plus he's yeah. got so much personality, too. I love it. You know? Yeah. Have you have you spoken to him before? Have you been on with you guys been on together? No, never, never spoken. Yeah. I haven't spoken to any fighters since I think the last time I was on the show, which was a while ago. I think before the pandemic. Adam Hunter, you know Adam Hunter. He's uh, love he, him. He, yeah, I do too. I love Adam too. He did a uh, his special is on the uh, first page of Fight Pass. So I, I opened up my Fight Pass today um, because I wanted to watch the end of uh, Shabazi and Brunson again, and, uh, and there's Adam Hunter on the front of it. So congratulations to Adam. And I saw little yeah. clips of it. I haven't watched the whole thing, but it was very funny. I used no. to love his roast when he would roast uh, the co- the fighters. Yeah, and he would roast the fight. It was it was really hilarious. So. It's funny too, Bobby, because you you know how it is as a comic. Like you never know how an athlete is going to take getting shit on. Like you never know if they're going to respond well to it. You have a good knack for that, Bobby. Is one of you're one of those guys that can literally just kind of walk in and just shit on people and be loud and they just love you. And if I do it, they want to knock my teeth out. Maybe because I blink and I'm creepy, but you pull it off, man. You can really just shit on anybody and they kind of accept it. Yeah. But fighters, like I remember they were doing the, remember the award shows every year. I don't know if they still do them, but they had the, the, the fighter awards and they had a host would come in and, you know, like Billy Crystal, the thing. And they asked me to do it one year. And I was like, I'm good yeah. because I heard the year before. And you know this, cause you hosted the AVNs. Yes, it's, you know, to piss off a porn star is one thing. What are you going to get? Hep C to piss <laughs> off, you know, a fighter, you know, you're going to lose your teeth. So, <laughs> so it's, I was like, I'm good, man. You know, I mean, I can walk in a room and talk. My favorite thing is ever is when we went to UFC 100 and we were backstage sure. with all the fighters and how, how annoying you were and yeah. that you were, you pissed off Vandalay so <laughs> so much oh, oh yeah i did that's right he was trying to eat and i wanted to take a picture with him and he got so i, I didn't he, he took the picture but he's just looking at me like i was this fucking little awful bird on his shoulder he really hated me it was like a 10 by 10 room where these fighters could come and just get relief from the fans yeah because they were just with them all day and you know they were, and they came in and there you were with a pair of gloves Hey, Van, and he had a plate of food. He just wanted to, he goes, I'm eating. And you were like, okay, after. And you just stood behind him and you could feel your energy. I know. I felt bad about that. <laughs> but you didn't give up. Like, I, I know. walked away. And the gloves, by the way, I still have. I never, I, I would do those for personal. I was, as a fan, I would never sell them. They weren't, they weren't for sale. I, uh, everybody was there that day too. I remember there was, uh, uh, Frank Mir was back there, uh, JDS. Nate Diaz, uh, Benson Henderson, we talked to, uh, you know, Vandalay. Uh, there was a lot of people, um, uh, Cowboy. There was a bunch of people there that day. It was really, a, what a fun time that was. Oh, that was great. I remember Ronda Rousey um, was there. That was at the beginning. Right. When she was coming over. 
Um, I believe she was either coming. Yeah, she was coming over or just came over or something like that. But yeah, it was pretty UFC 100. That fan, whatever that's called. The expo, was, yeah. The fan expo was epic. It was crazy. I want to go to, I hope they do another one. I went with Matt one year. We did a, uh, a, a live broadcast and um, it was fun to do, but the problem with live broadcast, we've done it twice actually in Vegas. And, and they're really, you have to do them in a small room because unless you're doing crowd work, you know how it is, dude, when you do a live, if we're going to do what you and I are doing right now, just talking with an audience listening, it's got to be a small crowd. But this was, they had like Chuck Liddell and a couple of other people signing in the corner um, and then Matt and I are on stage and there's people, uh, uh, you know, milling about talking. We can hardly hear each other. Uh, it was, it was a fucking nightmare. So like next time I'm like, we got to get a small little tent and do it. It's hard to do in front of people. Yeah. Plus two that the people that don't want to be there don't have to be there. There's nothing worse when they, they put you out in the open somewhere and people that don't want to be there, you know, people that, oh man, hello. Uh, you got me that people yeah. that don't want to be there are actually there you know, against their will. You can just feel their energy. You got to do it in a small room so that pe people come to you. It's your fans. I'd rather do 20 people that are just fans than 300 people than they gave all the tickets out. Yeah, yeah, you know, with so. paper in the room. And they just walk in and get a glove signed or something signed. And then here's these two idiots on stage babbling. Uh, hey, we got Aljamain Sterling is ready. So let's bring Aljo into the room. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, congrats, man. Uh, very, very happy that you are finally getting your justified shot. How good does it feel to finally know, all right, it's happening? Oh, it feels great. Um, we were here before, and uh, I was kind of a little nervous yeah. with, with TJ coming back and wasn't sure if the UFC was going to still honor, you know, the deal that they put in place because not like I was the one that pulled out of the fight. Right, and, yeah. Um, I'm just glad everything was back to the way it was supposed to be. Did you get a reason as to why Jan dropped out of the first fight? I know he said personal reasons. Did you figure out what it was, if it, if it was an injury or it was something else that just was, you know, not injury related? It, I've heard so many different things. I heard that it was personal reasons. I, I was like, okay, maybe it's like family was sick or something. Yeah. Or I know he just had a newborn son. So I was like, maybe it's something with the kid. But these are all things in terms of like having a kid, like, you know, when the kid was going to be born, like, so I wasn't sure if that was the reason because it didn't make a ton of sense. And then the visa didn't make any sense because he posted that he had the visa issues already taken care of. And then uh, I was hearing that he was injured, but then he's posting videos of him working out. So I'm just scratching my head like, 
what is going on for him to just pull out of the fight? Like, and sure enough, from my end, I've got a couple of theories and people might not be too happy with what I got to say. And uh, honestly, it's just what I think. Maybe it's he didn't have enough time to train and he feels that his training camp wasn't adequate enough for the level of fight that was going to be. So um, those are the only two things that could come to mind. Everything else is kind of bullshit to me at this point. Um, so that's just the way I feel. Uh, I don't think he was ducking me. Like I said before, I don't think he was, he's that type of person, but I do think something a little, something doesn't smell right, you know? So um, something's a little off with that. There's no real reason. It, it's kind of, it's kind of messed up because for you to take a fight, have me do all this stuff, have any fighter do all this stuff. And then you randomly decide, I just want to pull out. That's kind of, kind of, kind of fucked up. By the way, Bobby, we, we talked to Aljo uh, not long ago, and uh, I, you still have the balloon up. I, yeah. I can't believe it's still there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we play a lot of Smash Brothers in this house and chess uh, ever since that show, uh, Queen's Gambit. Yep. And uh, one of my roommates, it said 31 because I had turned 31 this year, last year. And uh, he took the one and put it on his door because he won one match. And he thinks he's number one in the house now, so... I got to put the number three on his door. And take. The Did you like back. the Queen's Gambit? Did you like the, the show? Oh, it was amazing. I've become an avid chess player since then. <laughs> I actually, I actually hated it. I was so mad at it when I was done with it. I was cursing. And then uh, somebody told me that it wasn't a movie. It was actually a TV show and there was more episodes. You thought, <laughs> you thought it was just that one thing. Was I the thought movie? it was the one episode. I thought it was a movie. And I was oh, wow. so mad at the ending. I was like, what the fuck? And then they were like, oh, no, that's a, that's a TV series, dummy. And I watched yeah. the rest of it. I was like, oh, this is a great, great TV series, but a shitty movie. <laughs> yeah. I was like, how do you not like it? It was such a good show. I no, only saw was- part of the first episode, and I, I love chess. So did you just learn? Because me and Bobby used to play. Aljo, did you just learn chess, or you, you learned and you re-picked it back up? I just learned how to play chess. Oh, wow. Okay. I just I'm, started playing okay. Friends with Chess again with the on the – on the uh, me and Norton used to play all the time. I've only beaten him twice in in fifteen years. Oh, we'll wow. play again. We'll start again because I, I just started playing on my app again, like literally probably a month ago. I haven't played anybody in, in so long. It's a fun. It, it really is fun, and you realize the level of genius people who have who are great at it, like people who can do it on a championship level. Um, that's like I'll just I'll never be there. Yeah, it's it's very challenging mentally, and um, now every time I say this is chess, this ain't checkers. So <laughs> whenever you I'm talk training shit? or anything like that. Oh, I do talk, you talk so shit. Do you talk shit when you play chess? Because we used to play at the comedy club and one of our friends used to, it was very, very belligerent as you're playing. He would just call you a bitch and say he's going to, He's going to take your queen and do nasty stuff to it. Yeah. <laughs> if you took your queen out, he would actually touch. I hated when he would touch my pieces and he would actually pick the queen up and say, oh, let's see what color panty she has on. And he would turn my <laughs> queen upside down. And I hated my piece be, being touched. Yeah. Um, Did you win? Did you beat him? You know what? I no, I would beat Keith, but not all the time. Um, he, he, he was a decent player. Uh, but he beat you the way guys in the park beat you, where he's got you so frustrated. Like, it's probably like fighting in a way. When you get so emotional and angry at somebody, you make mistakes. Yes. Yes. I, I get caught like that all the time. All when you the get time. too emotional. And in, in chess. And because um, I'm just so fast to just make a move. Like, let's play. Let's play. And well, how, uh, yeah. How do you stop? Sorry, Alger. How do you stop yourself when you're fighting? How do you stop yourself from allowing 
like uh, an anger at somebody who has said something you don't like, or like, you know, when guys talk before a fight or resentment over the fact that Jan pulled out, how do you stop that stuff from interfering with what you're doing in the cage and not kind of letting you make mistakes because you're pissed off? Um, I've had enough competition for wrestling matches, jujitsu matches, fights to this point where I've been able to find the balance of where I need to be mentally to compete at a high level. And, um, me being angry is not the best. And just like, just, just under that for me is where I need to be. So I, I don't need to get super riled up, but I need to be at a certain intensity where everything I do is just sharp. And, um, I don't really have to second guess or think about what I'm doing. Well, there's a thinking process, but everything's kind of like you're in a, like a tunnel vision zone where you can just see everything and you could make those move and calculate what he's going to do in response a couple moves ahead. So it's, it's almost like playing chess. I say it's a physical chess match and um, you can't get too riled up because you, I've been in that position where I know if I get too emotional, what happens? So just to be able to kind of, reset and keep yourself in that mindset the entire time that's that's tough but that's the game those are the great players ufc put together a really i mean emotional beautiful little doc uh not broken about your life and and i watched it and i mean i had to stop it a couple of times i had a, I had a similar childhood but it was i mean I, it was it was beautiful it was uh you know sad and, 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 uh, you know, inspirational and your family and you and where you're at. And I mean, did you get a chance to see it and how do you feel about that? Yeah. Um, he told me, Rory gave me a heads up beforehand and he said, um, just give you a heads up. This is going to be pretty intense. You might want to watch it by yourself just in case, just before you watch it with your fiance and, uh, I put it on with her and I didn't think it I was like, ah, how bad could it be? And not how bad, like how intense can it be in a sense of uh, like touching way. And as soon as I watched it within the first 15 seconds, I had to turn it off. I was like, ah, I can't watch this right now. This is, and I, and I was watching with her. I was like, cause it just gave me flashbacks. And uh, even when I was talking to him, it was a emotional roller coaster Cause those are things you kind of carp, carp, you kind of just, you bury it, you lock, you know, put in a coffin, you bury it and you just kind of throw away the key. And uh, I don't really think about those things too, too often. So it's for me to have to dig that up in that grave and go back to those memories and try to remember some of those things that I've always tried to forget. Um, that was tough. So for me to do that piece was very, very challenging. It was a couple of long pauses and, uh, just trying to center myself and not start bawling on tape like a, yeah. a little child. So And, and you're seeing your mom talk, too. And watching your mom talk, too. Like If you're watching it like, like, like just a perspective of sitting there and watching the whole thing, then you're seeing what your mom is saying, because I doubt you're in the room when she's giving the interview, right? No, I did mine in Vegas. She did hers in New York. So yeah. I, I didn't see anything. I didn't hear anything. And watching hers, and there's so much more that goes into it. I mean... Just just so I make this clear, because a lot of people think I'm like resentful against my dad or something. I'm like, I, I'm over it at this point. I'm, I'm at a certain age where it's like I understand. I don't I don't think it's the right things that he's done in terms of raising kids. But I understand where he was at mentally and probably he was a kid raising kids. So in that sense, I, I guess I forgive him. But 
I would never forget the stuff that he's done to us, especially to me, because I feel like a lot of things that he did do altered the way that I am today in a significant way where even to this day, I still remember certain stuff that I still do because of him and not in a good way, you know? So it's just that negative influence that you can have on your, on your kids. And he just had two kids. He has one that's two years old, baby, a baby boy. And uh, another one that's on the way. I don't know if this is his way of like writing the ship and doing things the right way as an adult, as a parent. Maybe it is. He's 62 years old now. So I don't oh, know. Oh, now he just had two kids. Yeah. He's crazy. Oh, yeah. Wow. So that family of 20 is just slowly increasing again. So uh, well, I, had a, I, had a, I had a similar, I had a stepfather that was when I was a kid and a lot of similar incidents when I was watching it. I had to stop it a couple of times too, because it was, you know, I mean, but like you said, you know, I had resentment against my mom and stuff. And it's interesting you say that my mother was, you know, 18 and there were kids and didn't know what they were doing or whatever. But it does later in life. I have a seven year old now and all those things that would are so prevalent in my life of what not. to I know exactly what not to do. Yes. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. And it's tough, man, because even like talking about that stuff, sometimes it makes me feel like I'm not manly enough or you know or macho because that, that's always been my bravado growing up is like i gotta prove that I'm, I'm a man you know and mainly because of him it's like i almost felt like i had to prove that over and over again maybe that's why i fight maybe that's why i started wrestling maybe i i always had this anger you know and when i get to compete i'm just super competitive because i like to just prove i have to prove i have to prove because i never got that approval from my from my dad and even till this day, for him to just say one time, I'm proud of you, would probably uh... all right, I'm good. It would be it, pro- it, it would it would mean a lot. And uh it's not like I need it, but uh it would it would be nice to know that you did something that made your dad say, I'm proud of you, son, you know? So it is what it is, you know? So I don't, I don't really, I don't really, I don't think about it, you know, that, that side's buried and I just know I'm just going to be a, a better man. That's, well, that's it. I just want to say that, in, you know, as a kid who had the same thing, watching that and i i want to say that you know where you're at and what you've done and how you took care of your family and what you've become was very inspirational and and for me personally it it made me feel good and and it inspired me and made me feel great inside to see what you've become knowing that i i've i've had some similar stuff so you should be very proud of yourself because uh you know what you've done and and the lives you've affected around you is pretty, pretty amazing and pretty epic, man. No, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, at the end of the day, I, I feel like I've made the most out of what I've been dealt and uh, I'm Absolutely. happy about it, you know? So uh, I know, like I said, I got a big family. We all got different experiences with my dad. He's got a lot of half siblings and I get it. Um, mine wasn't as pleasant as some of the others, but um, for the most part, we have a lot of similar experiences with him and uh again i guess for me i could just only hope 
I know he did. I heard that he did see the piece and I guess he felt kind of shitty and I could imagine how he felt. And uh, I feel bad in that sense, but you know, it's my story. Sure. And this is what he calls. And I hope he just realizes the impact that he's had on a lot of his kids, not just from a physical standpoint, but also mentally, mentally and emotionally, you know? So um, maybe that story will help these other kids that he's having now have a better childhood and maybe he'll be a better dad to them. That's, that's all I can hope for. Yeah. That's all I can hope for. So hopefully that is the case. And um, yeah, I, I, again, it's just like talking about this. Sometimes I feel like I, you know, I'm not looking for pity or anything like that. It was just something that ended up turning into this and I was yeah. talking with Rory. I, I didn't think it would turn into this at all by any means, but it did. I was so um, glad it did, dude. It's, it's, yeah. you know, cause I, I love the UFCs. I love what they do with the pre-fight stuff, but this was probably my favorite one I've they've ever done because it was so real and so and and you know and you're such you know you're such a great fighter, man. You're such a badass. So you don't have to worry about manly or anything, dude. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, your name's Funk Daddy on here for God's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Where'd you come up with that name, Funk Master? Where 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 did that come from? It, it was a big homage to uh, Ben Askren, who I mimicked a lot of my style from in high school, and not even in high school, in college. I used to watch his videos, his his flow wrestling breakdown videos and stuff, his technique breakdowns, and take my notes, write it down, take it to the room, practice. And uh, I couldn't use his nickname, and I was asking some of my teammates and training partners like, what they think would fit. And Funk Master was kind of like a a collaborative of what everyone thought would probably be the best fit to describe my style of wrestling and my style of actually fighting too. That's great. You mentioned Ben Askren. I was thinking of him today for some reason, like his fights with, with uh, Lawler and, uh, and uh, Masvidal and, and uh, Damian Maya. And, and it's, it was weird. Like he had a hard time when he came in the UFC and, and then Michael Chandler now is fighting uh, Dan Hooker. Yes. On, a, on a on a co-main for Connor and Poirier, and that that's an interesting fight. You wonder what it's like for guys who come into the UFC when they already have a very established name. Like, is there additional pressure because they've been so successful somewhere else? Is there more pressure on those guys than normally a fighter coming up? I, I think so. I think Michael Chandler's got his hands um, he's got his hands full with Dan Dan Hooker, and I think for, for that reason is he's not the tallest guy at the weight class. He's very powerful. We know he can hit hard. We know he can wrestle. Um, his jiu-jitsu, I would say, is probably competent to that of Justin Gaethje in terms of his style is just wrestling heavy and not much actual jiu-jitsu. Um, and then when you couple that in with a guy like Dan Hooker, who's been in the deep waters, so he he knows what it feels like. He's fought a tough. Edson Barbosa fight. He's fought a tough with fight with uh, Dustin Poirier, tough fight with Paul Felder. We know he's been battle tested. We know Michael Chandler has been battle tested, but this is such a different dynamic. You're fighting the aura of the UFC fighters who are supposed to be, we're supposed to technically be on paper, the best fighters in the world. And I think people, most people would side with that, which I do. So I think for him, he's got his hands full, not knowing if he's got a, he's probably gonna have to battle those demons of knowing or questioning if he's good enough to compete with a guy like uh, Dan Hooker. I think that's going to be the, the real question for him. He's talented, but he's been hurt before. He's been dropped before. He's been knocked out before. Uh, this is a tough fight. This is a very tough fight for him. Yeah, and you're on a great card, man. A great 
card. Uh, we were talking before too about uh, actually I was talking with Antonio before the the uh, the podcast about uh, Blahovich against Adesanya. Yeah, it was just such and I love Adesanya. That's a tough fight though. I think Blahovich is very overrated. I'm sorry, underrated. I think he's very underrated. Where where guys know how good he is. But I think a lot of people, because he's not the biggest name in the UFC, I, I think that he is a little underrated in people's minds. And uh, I, I, Adesanya has his hands full going up in weight and, and fighting him. I think so. It's, it's a fun fight. Um, I think Izzy's got the speed. Yeah. But Jan, Jan, I wrote him off for a lot of fights, and he, he constantly just shows up. I thought Corey Anderson was going to beat him again. Came back, knocked out Corey Anderson, knocked out Luke Rockhold. And then what he did to Dominic Cruz, Dominic Reyes was Reyes, just yeah. like, wow. In my head, I thought Reyes would have made it a super technical fight. Reyes hits hard. He has dropped guys. And John just beat him up to the body with those body kicks and eventually put him down. And I was like, man, this is not the way I thought this fight was going to go. He looked very dominant. The Polish power, I think, is real. Yeah, I do too. And um, I'm a big Izzy fan, but... He can't trade with him. It's going to be like a Yoel Romero type of style, I think. And I think the same thing when Izzy, when Romero hit him that one time, he kind of was like, okay, we're going to have to just fight on the outside and just use the leg kicks to win the fight. And that's what we're going to have to do. Touch and go, touch and go, touch and go. He can do that against Blakovich, but um, I don't know. I, I think he's a little bit smarter and he's a champ for a reason. And uh, I think it's going to be a very competitive fight. I'm so bad at picking fights, though. I mean, Matt is Matt is definitely better than I am. Dude, I suck. Like, I I had Kevin Holland over Jacare, um, but I mean, could you could you have anybody? Did anybody pick Kevin Holland being on the floor when he knocked out Jacare? <laughs> like, did anybody think that was ha- like? It's really really no. difficult to pick fights. I guess because there's so much parity in the UFC now because so many guys are are are, are good at so many different forms of of mixed martial arts, but. Uh, we we have Brunson on next, and that's another interesting fight too. Is is Kevin Holland against uh, against Derek Brunson? Yeah, um, another intriguing matchup. I, I think the length of Kevin Holland is going to be matched with the length of Derek Brunson, and I think Derek Brunson has a size because Holland doesn't he doesn't really cut any weight. But I think the same thing he has a speed advantage, and he's unorthodox when the fight hits the ground. He just scrambles. He's very lanky. He does all kinds of weird stuff, and he can hit you from anywhere. And now we know he can hurt you from anywhere. Yeah. So um, I think Derek Brunson got his hands full. I think Kevin Holland is one of the dark horses in that division. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, Aljo. Look, we have uh, we have Derek in a couple of minutes, but uh, obviously you're fighting Piotr Jan. You still don't have a location, correct, at 259, or or have you? Where we have it that they were, they're not sure where it's going to be. Yeah, I was told it was going to be in Vegas. Oh, okay. Maybe you're right. They, they said it probably leaning towards uh, the Apex, but they weren't 100% sure. Hey, congratulations on your engagement, buddy. And uh, Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy married life. You think that's going to, uh, you think you'd be the happy, do you think that the happier you get, maybe that takes a little of your edge off? Does that scare you a little bit? Or are you excited? I'm excited about it. I don't think. Uh, She's I don't not going to let that of- balloon stay on the wall when she moves in. <laughs> Yeah, that kid ain't gonna fly. I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy. Congratulations. All right, good talking to you, Joe. I'm sure we'll talk to you before the fight. Um, you got a couple months, but uh, you know, I'm happy for you, man, and uh, you absolutely deserve this shot. So, and just good talking to you. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, pal. Talk to you soon. All right, peace. All right, bye, Aljo. Peace, buddy.
Yeah, he's a great guy, right? Uh, he's great. He's such a he's such a uh, great guy to watch. He's just exciting and he's humble, but he's yeah. cocky. He's such a perfect mixture of a fighter that you what you want. You know what I mean? You want that cockiness. You want that fun, but you want you know that groundedness that he has. He's, and his story, his backstory is just. I mean, it's a movie. It's a yeah. fucking movie. So it's good. To, it's exciting to see what happens to him in the next next year or two. Yeah, and I'm interested too. I, I love. Like you said, the fight packages the UFC puts together yeah. and they, they do such a good job with that. And I'm always interested in the life of a fighter because there's so many times they were bullied or they had yeah. got their ass kicked by a big brother. And it's funny to hear a guy like Aljamain, who, who's, you know, he's, he's, he's an alpha fucking guy. I mean, you know, he's a, a probably be a bantamweight champion. Yeah. Apex. Uh, yeah. To, to think that like, oh, I got to keep, it just goes to prove that all that childhood shit, man, it's, I think it's healthy to talk about it and get it out. I think it's great. And it's, and I think it's the most manly thing you could do. And that like, I love the UFC uh, pre fight things that they put together because they're not just, you know, seeing a guy do a bunch of sit-ups and a bunch of, you know, pull-ups and his little, yeah. what he's doing. He, they show the the story of the fighter. Right. And that's why the, that's what separates the UFC from boxing for me, because you know, boxing did that for a little bit, but they kind of didn't keep up with it. And UFC really took it to another level where now I'm emotionally invested in him when he fights because I I need to see him win, you know? So right. it's it's really, really great stuff. That was my favorite one. And, you know, not because, I mean, listen, my, my stepfather that abused me, uh, you actually took his name and made it your name at the Comedy Cellar. I did at one point do that. Like I would work yes. under an assumed name then there just so people like fans are just working on material. And I'd also gotten a couple of death threats. Um, so I was kind of using assumed names and one name was in fact, yeah, yeah. uh, Bob's stepdad, which nobody knew. Uh, no, except much, for me when I showed up and I went, I, for a second, I'm like, why is he here? Yeah. <laughs> is he a comic? <laughs> yeah. And it was, I, I will say I, I was only going to do it that once, but the comedians were so delighted with my decision. <laughs> All the other comedians were so supportive. I had to leave it up. <laughs> they, they, uh, nothing has made them happier. And uh, I, I honestly, man, I cannot. I'm so happy that three weeks off because Dana was on a fucking like literally every week. And I'm like, why are they not doing it? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, they have employees that got to take a couple of, you know, I mean, the company has to decompress, too. You got to give people time with their families and yeah. uh, right back to, to, to great fights. And yeah. I don't know if you've noticed, Bobby, but I love the fact that they have been there's so many changes and so many things happening last minute that are bad. Guy has to drop out of a fight, right. but then all of a sudden it's good because they make another, you know, yeah. another matchup. Like it was, what was the, it was a uh, Jacare and Holland fought because they both had changed opponents because yeah. Jacare had COVID. And uh, I want to say Marvin Vittori uh, for, I forget my, again, the mind is just going, Antonio, could you just type in who you fought? Marvin Vittori was supposed yeah. to fight Jacare, I think. And Kevin yeah, Holland. They, there's so many fighters fight. now because the UFC went out and recruited. And, you know, you know, that TV show that he does with Matt, you know, looking for a fight, that's a fun show, but they're also out there trying to find the next people yeah. and making this, you know, making the triple A league and right. bringing people up because of back in the day, there wasn't, you know, something happened to a fight. Everybody got fucked. Now they have so many people that are great in the, the organization that they could switch it out and figure it out on the fly. I mean, look what they did with COVID. I mean, they're the only sport that said, we're going to figure it out. And they right. did it they first. Did. 
And then, I mean, you know, watching a fight without an audience, we were kind of adjusted to anyways because of um, um, the TV show. When you watch the TV show, right. you kind of were used to it. You know, that's just the way it was. So it wasn't such a shock. And I, I think, uh, yeah, they're really good at uh, figuring it out on the fly and still putting together an insane fight card that you want to see, you know? And it's funny. They, they're going to start having crowds, smaller crowds or whatever. But I, I and again, I love the crowds because it's a, such a part of the sport. But I think of all the sports, Mixed martial arts is the best one without a crowd because at the end of the day, you're just watching two guys fight or two women fight and, and watching two people fight and hearing their corners yell stuff or yeah. hearing the punching. Like there's something really, I, I'm almost going to, I'm glad the crowds will eventually come back, but I will look back on this time and go, well, that was a really cool time too. Cause we got to see and hear shit. We, we normally don't. Yeah, I do agree with you. It is, it is fun, but th there's nothing I've been to every sporting event and there's nothing like going to a UFC main yeah. event card because number one, it's not just the main one, one fight. It's usually the whole night. You want to go out and watch the pre-fights because there's so many good fighters. Yes. But when that place fills up and that someone gets cracked or when somebody gets into a situation and the whole, everybody stands up and then, Oh my God, it's just, it's fucking it's there's nothing like it it's crazy ah the sweet sound of sports you love from sling the collide of football pads the squeak of shoes on a basketball court the crack of the bat on a home run the slice of skates cutting across the ice but what about this one that's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Derek. How are you? What's going on? Hey, Matt. Matt, This is Bobby Kelly. He's a comedian buddy of mine. Uh, Matt is in uh, Fight Island with, uh, with Dana shooting. Yeah, I don't want you to think Matt Sarah put on 80 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I was starting to think that. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> how you how you doing, man? This this uh what a great matchup, uh, you and, and Kevin Holland. And you guys have been kind of going back and forth already. Oh yeah, absolutely. I love the matchup. Uh we've been going back and forth. He's a guy who have a lot to say. That's more of his fighting style. That's what is predicated off of just talking a lot of trash. And I'm the guy that, you know, you want to talk trash to me, I'll talk trash back. And when it comes to the fight, I'm going to show up and fight. Yeah, and I was watching the end of the uh, Shabazian fight again. And I, I had you picked in that fight. And again, just because I've seen you so many times and also because against a young upstart like that, or I should say a, a legitimate contender, but a veteran a lot of times, it was just interesting to watch how the, everything he did you, had been thrown at you before. And, uh, and that second round, did you feel when he was coming into the third round that he just, 
had lost whatever it was he needed to to be in that fight. Could you feel that he was drained by the beginning of that third round? Um, not more more of so that it was just more of so it was my time and I had a lot to to prove there. You know, I was an underdog in that fight. I had a lot of people count me out. So it was that moment where I knew I was in shape and hey, I was there to put it on them. And you know, every fight going forward, you know, I'm not I'm not the youngest guy. I'm not getting the younger, but my body feels young. And just with sports and the science behind things right now, we're able to like prolong the career and feel great. So my knees feel like I'm 17 again. So um, yeah, I, I look forward. How does it make you feel when it, you were the underdog and everybody was counting against you? The, the odds were so crazy. And then you came out and you did it. And I mean, and you weren't, I mean, you weren't, you weren't like, fuck you to everybody, but you were kind of, you know, like I knew I could do it. It was, it was pretty uh, amazing. How'd that make you feel? It felt good. You know, um, I haven't did a lot of things that I set out to do in this sport. I haven't got a title shot. I haven't been exactly top five yet. So those are still some of my goals and to go out there and get it done against a guy I think that probably would have been one away from a title shot. You know, he was pushing to be the youngest champ. It, it's funny. He had all the hype then and everybody was so high on him. But, you know, that's how it is. That's how our fan base is. Once you lose, everybody like, oh, I knew you suck. That's where you sucked at, you know. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it felt good to go out there and get the job done. And, and I, I know I know my capabilities, so I'm always a believer of what I can do. Holland is a hard guy to prepare for, though. I, I'm sure, like, he's a, he's a tricky guy because uh, – he, he seems to be very effective. And obviously 2020 was an amazing year for him. And we just, with Aljo, were talking about the Jacare knockout from the back. Um, you know, is, is he a, a more difficult guy to prepare for than, than others? Or, 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 is, or do you not find that? Um, Hollins? You said Hollins? Yeah. Kevin Holland, yeah. Yeah, nah. I don't, I don't think he's more prepared to train, to, to, uh, train for than others. Um. He's kind of like a lot of guys I fight. I don't think his stand-up is nearly as good as Sebastian. He's not as clean as our Sharp. He's wild and reckless, you know. Um, I don't think his cardio is, is, is really good. So um, I don't think he's hard to prepare for. I think you just have to be intelligent, be smart, don't get in. It's funny, if you look at that fight and you watch fight for fighting for a while, Jacare is a high-level BJJ guy. And for a guy to not have pressure on a guy when you take him down, it's kind of, you know, it's like, come on, bro, what are you doing? So it's more predicated off of Jacare got caught in the moment, got caught uh, lollygagging, just not in the fight. He took him down pretty easy and didn't stay in the moment. and got caught with some, you know, wild punches, allowed a guy to cop back and hit you, you know, with all the force there. That's one of my favorite sayings, lollygagging, by the way. <laughs> I'm so glad you used it in a sentence. <laughs> did, did you notice, Derek, and I noticed this, it was all because Kevin talks in a weird way. Like a lot of guys taunt angrily, but he's almost like, hey, no bad feelings here. And, and he does it in a very unique way. And I almost looked like Jacare got roped into that for a second and engaged him back. And I'm like, I wonder if that's a, like psychologically Jacare got taken out of, where he should have been because he was kind of being playful with this guy back or whatever. Absolutely. He took him down. He took him down pretty easy. I think Jacare kind of, he probably thought that he can, you know, get him to the ground, take him down, smash him on the ground pretty easy. And I thought it came exactly how he thought. And he, and Kevin Hollins made a joke and he decided to be playful back. And Kevin Hollins was like, I ain't playing with you. Bam. So <laughs> that's one of those things. I mean, in this fight game, you can't be out here playing. You got to be in the moment. You got to be ready to go out here and take care of business. And I'm not the type of guy that's going to laugh and make jokes. I'm going to punch your face in. So you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> you, you, it's it's weird. I mean, you're, 
you're 37 and with if you if you win this fight you you're going on to a title match maybe i mean that's uh, what 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 happened did you do something different in training or did you not do something what it, what do you think is, is going on right now with you that you're just on this win streak i didn't cheat i didn't take any shortcuts i did everything the honest way so my body isn't letting me down my body isn't um dependent on needing on something um I do everything natural. So I've been really focused on making sure I'm taking care of my body, doing the right things, training smart, not sparring every single day, um, building my skill base. You know, I went in some of these fights. I was mad reckless and just didn't stick to the game plan. But now it's like, I'm like slapping myself before. I'm like, all right, I'm talking to myself. Like, you know what you did before? Let's not do that again. You know, so I'm really making sure that I pay attention to the small things so I can have great results. Well, you look at a guy like we, we just mentioned, Jacare, you look at a guy like uh, you know Anderson Silva. I mean, after a while, it gets hard to keep the speed up or, or Cormier. But guys are fighting into their 40s and being effective. I mean, I mean, you know, uh, so you're right. Like, you know, you watch the, with, with the sports training and the medicine and the, and the and knowing what you're knowing about when not to spar. Um, you definitely could have quite a few fights left. I mean, you don't have to, you know, you have plenty of time to do what you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you just have to keep chipping away. Um, just being smart, taking care of your body. Um, don't try to get the quick, easy way. Go in it, go in the gym, grind, be tired, bust your butt so that you, it will translate for a long time and pay off and you can have good results. We just talked to Aljamain, and, and there was that really, Bobby mentioned that great uh, documentary. Did you see that thing they did about Aljamain, which was called Not Broken, where they kind of, they interviewed him and they talked about his family and they had his mom and he talked about his childhood. And it was really moving. And I always find it interesting as well, what fighters were like as kids and what kind of got you into fighting. Like when you were coming up, did you have an easy time of it or, or were you bullied or was there a lot of fighting that kind of forced you to be good at it? Well, so I grew up with, what, five sisters, and I was the only boy. So I grew up, you know, having to fight and take care of my own battles, and um, that, that was just it. You know, I grew up in a low-income family in the project, so kids were kids were pretty picky, and, and when you don't have any brothers, you got to fight all your battles. So that's how I grew up, you know, just taking care of myself, fight my own battles. I was a guy that was in middle school, elementary school, just had all the jokes in the world, laughing, class clowns, stuff like that. So that's pretty much how I grew up, just taking care of my own battles and, and, and just being myself. Which one of your sisters are you still afraid of physically? Which, which <laughs> one of my sisters I'm still afraid of? Um, like I said, I can say neither only because I was always fighting their battles. So it wasn't one of those, oh, I'm going to get my sister. You know, you can't say that too much. So, you know, so... I just had to fight their battles and my battles. So I, I never got time to get beat up by my sisters. I had to be tough real quick. Oh, you were the protective you, brother. Yeah, kind of the protective brother. Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Wilmington, North Carolina. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, look, man, you know, I we love you. And, and I'm really happy. And I know that, you know, you, there's nothing a fighter hates more than when all of a sudden, you know, some people start looking at you like a gatekeeper. And I, and I know you absolutely are not in that role. And I, and I I'm three straight wins over really tough fighters, Shabazian and Heinish. Um, and uh, Elias Theodoro. So uh, good luck against uh, Kevin Holland. Maybe we'll talk to you before, but uh, I'm happy to hear your name all over the place, man, and you deserve it. Yeah, man. Kick some ass, man. Have a great fight. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, that uh, that fight against Shabazzian, man, he really, I, I, there's nothing I enjoy more than watching Brunson uh. drop somebody. That those His elbow at the end of that second round, 
um, which I, I, that was a really great example at the end of round two of someone being saved by the bell because he was smothering him, just doing that stuff that you do when you've been around for a long time. Uh, yeah. Just there's hands over the fucking dude's mouth and no one likes that. No, no one likes yeah, it. But it's also exciting to me because look, I love look the guy who's supposed to win and be the next guy and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah you want to see that progression and, it's a, but there's to me that, that Rocky thing where that guy, ah, I'm not going to let this happen. I'm just, I know you think this is just, I know everybody thinks this was going to happen, but I'm not going to, and only he knew it. And maybe his, you know, his coach and training partners, but really only he knew right. I'm going to go win. The, and then when he did it, that type of satisfaction of that type of achievement you know, the whole place is quiet. It's like, what the fuck was that? And a lot of, a lot of plans were fucking canceled. That's right. A lot of things were fucking, a lot of phone calls were made and I feel bad for the other guy. Absolutely. But it just, it's it makes me feel good when a guy like him figures it out, finds his way and, and especially later in his career and, and gets to go out on fire, you know, maybe, and, maybe for a title. And, 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 you know, I, I do, uh, I did pick uh, Brunson in that fight, but a lot of times I'll go with the veteran, um, you know, and, and I am, uh, I'm trying to find his, uh, when exactly that fight is, I will a lot of times pick the veteran and be incorrect uh, as well as everyone saw with the uh, Cyril uh, God against uh, Junior Dos Santos. Um, have you seen that? Did you say, whoa, Cyril Gon is a very, very dangerous heavyweight. And I'm like, well, JDS, his boxing is so good. He's a veteran. And he said, nah, I couldn't have been wronger. So, you know, oh, if you want to win hard money, to pick. ask me my picks for any UFC fight. If you yeah. want guaranteed cash, call me and say, hey, who are you picking tonight? And then bet the exact opposite. Yeah, I think it'd be easier to make money doing coke and buying Bitcoin. <laughs> I think it'd be an, <laughs> would be an easier way to make money. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and, oh boy, have I taken a beating recently on Bitcoin? Asshole, I am always a day late. Well, um, you're not buying Bitcoin now. I bought it recently. Yeah, I mean, I haven't lost that much, just a little bit, but it's just I can't. And I and now if I sell it, it'll go up to eighty thousand. So I got to stay with it for a little. But it's one of those <laughs> things where it's just so hard yeah. to make these right picks, man. It's it's hard especially with, with the, uh, the amount of parody and there's so many fighters that know how to do everything now. It, it's really difficult to pick. Oh, it's, it's crazy because all, dude, everybody's so good now. Back in, the, back in when, you know, when we first started getting into it, it was, you know, you kind of right. knew who was going to fucking win. I mean, it was just, you know, you, 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 there was so little, uh, you know, so many, so less, so, I don't know. So there was less fighters back then. Yeah, sure. Now it's crazy. And that, and they're so well-rounded now. I mean, they know so much about everything, you know? Well, that was around 2007 or eight that we started yeah. going. I mean, I remember when, when Rampage ran up, uh, when Reed bought Rampage over and, uh, yeah. Hoist Gracie was, the, uh, in the, uh, was, uh, was it Hoist Gracie? That was a, yes, he was sitting. Was, he was, we but met, he, we met fighting, everybody. And that was, like in, in that time, 12, 13 years ago, so many of these fighters were kids then that are now 22, 23, 25 years old. 
So they've been training watching, like they're they're coming up with UFC as opposed to it's guys similar, who were it's similar to comedy. Before. It's similar to comedy to me too, because when we were coming up, there was there wasn't as many people doing it. We're all kind of silhouetted in our own thing. Now, comic, we didn't have the opportunity to turn on the TV and watch 17 different channels with stand-up comics. Right. You had to listen to a tape or a record, and it wasn't on radio. It, it wasn't on, there was no YouTube. So we had a, the other way we saw comedy was by going to the club and doing it, you know, and being in it. And now they do so much homework from when they're little kids watching Comedy Central, Netflix, Right. So by the time they start doing it, they know what a setup, a punch, a tag is. They right. know so much about the actual uh, mathematics of stand-up. Then when they go on stage, it's so I think fighters are similar. It's like they get to watch all the footage and see what's going on, and and the gyms are available to everybody. You know, jujitsu wasn't as available available back then. You know as it is now you know every city has a jiu-jitsu place and yeah you know boxing or mixed martial arts and you know mixed martial arts wasn't ex as acceptable back then either i remember we met john jones did i give you the picture i had bobby did I, I did give it to you right no i never got the pictures i, I do have want pictures them. that are signed that I, I i had for you that i want to I give want, you i would love them i would I'll love to, to frame them and have them and hang them in max's room uh but yeah i remember that if you remember that's the night when I said that kid's going to be champion. Yes, you did. You said he's going to be a future champion. Yeah. Um, you did say that and you were right. And um, it's funny now too, thinking of Jones going up to heavyweight and, uh, the, and Ganu is fighting uh, Miocich, I think in March is there, is there a rematch. And that first fight was so interesting the way Stipe kind of smothered him. And it was yeah. just such a, such a veteran against a younger power puncher, yeah. brilliant way to win that. I don't know if he'll be able to do that again. Um, I think, but then again, Francis's wins have all been first round knockouts. He went one decision with Derek Lewis after that, and then it was all first round knockouts. So that's a really interesting matchup. Can he do the same thing again, or can Derek? Uh, can uh, uh, Francis get a hold of him? I don't know. Stipe is just he's he's he just figures it out, man. He's like a yeah. He's just a hard worker, figures it out and gets the job done. You know, it's hard to bet against him, you I know? know, and he's so not into the other shit. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about anything else. What he's a he fireman. Up? He's a fucking he fireman, a dude. He's crazy. Yeah. I remember when they did one of the UFC things, he was just excited about having a new snowblower. Yeah. It's like, that's just <laughs> a man. That's just a fucking guy. Yeah. He's just happy about this snowblower. Cause he lives in fucking shitty Cleveland where it snows 19 <laughs> feet in <laughs> September. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stipe yeah. is a very, uh, I mean, that that's a fight. I don't know who I would take in that fight because again, Francis uh, has looked so ferocious. I mean, again, he looked ferocious before he fought Stipe the first time. Yeah. But, you know, will a guy be able to implement the same game plan twice? Uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, but it, it, seem, it seems like he, he gets there, but he doesn't get it done. Francis. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. He, he, one thing I liked about Ngannou is that after that fight, he goes, I underestimated my opponent. I, he admitted he had gotten caught up in his own hype. And right. then against Derek Lewis, he was afraid to, to pull the trigger a little bit, I think. And, and Lewis, I think had a bad back, but I think, I think Francis was afraid of, I just lost a little faith in himself. Maybe. And then after yeah. that, it was, you know, Kane, JDS, and I want to say Curtis Blades, uh, just you know, three devastating fucking knockouts. So 
I don't know. It'll be very interesting. And Stipe can be knocked out. Like, you know, that's the thing. Anyone can be. But after, you know, Cormier did finish him uh, with that short, uh, I think was, I want to say it was a left, uh, yeah. kind of in the clinch. So I, I don't know. It'd be really, really interesting. And Jones going up to that. That's a big jump, man. I know. And I'm sad that I'd love to see uh, Cormier fight Jones again. That would be a, I'd love to see it, man. I would love to see it just because, it, you know, their, their personal off-camera shit is so I know. compelling. And, uh, you know, but it, Jones going up to heavyweight is just exactly what the heavyweight division needs. Yeah. Because I love Stipe, but, and I do like him because he's not, he doesn't give a shit about the hoorah, but the heavyweight division needs the hoorah. It needs that Brock. It needs that, uh, you know, it needs somebody in there to, because that's the division everybody loves, really. Yeah. And it yeah. hasn't been hot to me in a long time. It hasn't been exciting in a long time when for years it was the number one that and light heavyweight was what you were paying to see. Now it's uh, the the smaller divisions, you know, the, the, the yeah, bantamweight yeah. and lightweight. Yeah. That's the exciting divisions right now, you know. I'm I'm trying to find uh, the heavyweight rankings right now, but there again, okay, there are some really exciting. Uh, like Lewis is always fun to watch. Uh, you know, Overeem is just, I mean, I I probably have more respect for him than anybody because of the fact that he's figured out at his age how to adjust, and he's such a smart guy, and he's such a smart fighter, and he just knows yeah. how to get you against the cage and drop those fucking awful knees into yeah. your midsection. Like he just knows. Um, Overeem was always one of those guys. I mean, I remember <laughs> that would do those things where he'd go to Japan to fight and he had like 17 Japanese girls hanging off his arms. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he'd be eating horse meat in his videos, and, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, and, and he, you know, he had that Dutch sense of humor, which is not that funny. You just, you don't know if he's being serious. And <laughs> yeah. you're like, what? Yeah, yeah, and no they always idea. go, is this, is this possible? It's like, what? You know? <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, you have no idea if he's kidding or if he's not. Yeah, he was he was always great to watch, man. He's just a physical specimen. And even like later in his years, he's not as what he was, but he's still, you know, he's like uh like that Dutch superhero when he goes in there. You're expecting you don't know he could win or he get knocked, he gets knocked the hell out, you know. Yeah. And there's some uh there's some amazing fights. Uh Dominic Cruz. Uh, against Casey Kenny, I'm I'm really happy Dominic Cruz is getting back in there. He just he just loves it so much. And uh, yeah. Alexander uh, Rakic against Tiago Santos, another very very interesting fight. Um, there's some really really great stuff coming up in the next few months, and I'm really happy the UFC is starting to get some people back. But again, I mean, if this pandemic lasts for another eight months or another year, I mean, Dana and the UFC uh, combined with whoever worked with them in Abu Dhabi to make this work, I mean really has, has just been flawless. Yeah, they got they got Carlos Condit and Matt Brown coming back too. That's right. Which I follow uh Carlos on Instagram. Uh, he's always been one of my favorite fighters. Yeah. And uh I and and Brown is just, you know, from when he was on the Ultimate Fighter, he's just, you know, such I, I just been a fan of both of them. And I love when guys I like equally fight each other. Yeah. That's my favorite part about the UFC. Is that you can like both guys. Yes, you can. You know, and that fight's going to be uh, pretty, it's going to be fun to watch just because those guys, you know, from back in the day, you know. But it's hard to, it's very hard 
to pick who you want to win. You could pick who you think might win. But when you've interviewed these guys and talked, they're all nice guys, like all of them I like. And it's like, I really like Kevin Holland. We've had him on a few times. Brunson, I love. Who do you who do you root for? Like as a fan, it's removed a little bit of the desire. To a, see, I don't know who not, to root for because I, I like not if you're Brazilian and not if you're Irish. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it, true. It, for an American, it might be a little, but when you're Brazil, you're vote you want the Brazil. Or if you're Irish, you know Conor McGregor, you know that's your guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Which, well, look, man. that fight's coming up, which is going to be nuts. There's so much good shit coming. Oh, and, and let's uh, before we wrap up, let's just say an amazing uh, uh, Calvin Cater is fighting uh, this weekend. Uh, we get back uh, against Max Holloway. Uh, just a, a, a great fight in Etihad Arena in Abu yeah. Dhabi. Uh, yeah. That's where you got Condit, Matt Brown. Uh, and, uh, uh, Lee Jilong against uh, uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio. Uh, another great fight. So uh, we'll talk so more about that on Wednesday. That's the worst part about being a UFC fan is having to learn these names. Very difficult. Uh, we, <laughs> Matt and I probably get half of them wrong. Uh, there, you know, and we try to be respectful of the fighter. You always try to do it. But when you're reading a list of so many guys, once you know it, you always know it. But it's the right. first time. Right. And then you'll go online and you'll hear Dana say it. And then you'll hear Bruce Buffer say it. And then you'll hear Dominic Cruz say and they're all saying it with a slightly different. So you just got to get the fighter to say it. Now, and you realize like you can't say it like they do. When Rogan used to call him Jose. Yeah. And I used to say Jose. And you're like, who, what, Jose? Yeah. And, you, and then you find out Rogan's right. It's Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, but but but, but again, plenty of people still call him Jose Aldo. Like, you know, um, it's very difficult with all the names. Anyway, Bobby, thank you so much. And thank you to Derek Brunson. And thank you to uh, Aljamain Sterling. Those guys are both really, really great. Yeah, fantastic. It was great talking to them. Great guys. Yeah. And uh, what, do you, what are you promoting, Bob? What can people catch you? I know you're doing a uh, Patreon show and you got your own I actually, show. It's funny because uh, Conor McGregor's fight, I had to cancel one of my shows. I was scheduled on the 23rd to do my first pay-per-view. Oh. Um, so I moved it to the 30th. Okay, Because uh, I figured... I figured, you know, some of my fan base might, if they had sure. to choose between me and Conor McGregor, yeah. I don't think it would be a difficult choice. Yeah, live from Dublin, Bob Kelly. You know, yeah. <laughs> so I got a, I got a, uh, a pay per view going on the 30th of January at the Wall Street Theater uh, in Norwalk, Connecticut. You can go to it. There's 100 seats available, or you That's can great. buy it all over the world. It's me live, uh, and you go to uh, my website, robertkellylive.com for the tickets and availability to buy the pay-per-view so you can buy it and you can all get your friends and uh sit in the living room and watch uh watch the show live from the theater awesome. in Connecticut, which is great so yeah yeah that's great man making it it's making it work until this whole mess is over yeah we're gonna figure it out right yeah all right bobby well thank you very much thanks for coming on i love having you I, on and i'm sure matt will call in on wednesday and I, uh i'll talk to you soon pal okay i love you buddy i'll see you later all right, pal. Thank Bye. you guys for uh, listening. Goodbye. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. 
It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.